0: Eagles Entertainment.
1: Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's border turf. It's border turf. Let's go. Touchdown!
1: You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right. Another week and it's wild card week as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade continues. I'm Fran Duffy and I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 223. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk where I chat with NFL film senior producer Greg Cosell about what we saw from the Eagles win over the New York Giants in week 17, securing their playoff berth as they win the NFC East. We'll talk about what we saw there. But more importantly, I have a feeling most of you out there are more interested in a preview for this weekend's wild card matchup, Eagles Seahawks, a rematch from week 12. Greg and I will break all of that down in Chalk Talk. Then in my scouting report segment, we'll take a look at the, the Seahawks' newest running back, the rookie Travis Homer, who's now going to step in for Chris Carson and Rashad Penny and CJ ProSize. Obviously, we all know they brought back Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch, but Travis Homer, a player to keep an eye on in this matchup. Now, before we get to Chalk Talk, I really want to quickly just kind of let you guys know about something we're doing. Look, we always want to improve all the content we're doing at PhiladelphiaEagles.com, and that's audio, video, print, and right now we're putting a little bit of effort into trying improving all of our podcasts. And so if you listen to Eagle Eye in the Sky on a weekly basis, and we really appreciate all of you that listen all the time, if you listen to this show all the time and it's a part of your weekly routine, then I want, I want to ask you a favor. Go on, take a quick three- to five-minute survey all you have to do you can do it right from your mobile device you can go on to PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash eagle eye survey as well if you want to do it there but you can just quick take a quick survey it's a handful of questions just about the content of the show and all it's going to do is help us make this show better for you moving forward it has nothing to do with advertisers or ways we can try and improve it from our standpoint it's about making the show better for you so if you've got a few minutes go on just take a few and just get, get, fill out that survey again just a handful of questions we'll take you a few minutes and it'll better serve you guys in the long run. So appreciate all of you that have that ability to do that. So that being said, we get that out of the way. Let's now get to our playoff preview with Greg Cosell. It's time for Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Back for another edition of Chalk Talk here in the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade, our friend Greg Cosell. Greg, it's wildcar week, man.
0: Uh, you know what? Uh, maybe you'd probably agree, I think. But maybe five weeks ago, I don't know if we thought we'd be here.
1: No, I mean, look, the way that they were playing in that middle stretch and after that loss to Miami, I mean, it was tough to imagine a scenario where, oh, yeah, you know, this team watching how they had lost a couple of these games, uh, we're going to run the table uh, and win the NFC East, I would say was unprobable. Of course, and they proved a lot of people wrong uh, to be able to come back. And I think that, talk, that speaks to the resiliency uh, of the leadership and the, the players in the locker room as well.
0: Of course, I guess we didn't know how good Miami was either.
1: That's true. Big win in Week 17. That's
0: right. That's right. Yeah. But uh, no, you're right. I mean, it. you know, in this league, as you know, and of course, you're going to hear a lot of people say they didn't play anybody, and maybe by NFL standards, they weren't the best teams in the league. Obviously, they weren't. But you talk to any coach any given week, they'll tell you how hard it is to win on Sunday. And when you have to win, and you have no margin for error at all, that makes it even tougher. So. Yep. The resilience that this team showed is is pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, by the way, the same teams for the most part that Dallas played uh, on the beginning part of the schedule, they just – Flip them it. up. Right, right, so, right. So, you know, it's, well, it's all the
0: same. Don't say that, friend, because that ruins the narrative for uh, us. We can't, we can't, we can't ruin the, You can't do You can't ruin the narrative.
1: People are all kinds of upset. Well, yeah. before we go too far down that path, right, right. Uh, let's talk about what we saw week 17. Right. Uh, Eagles' big win over the New York Giants. Certainly not an easy win. I think if you look at the final score, you would say so. But uh, getting into the fourth quarter, this was a very tight game. Um, the, you know, the Eagles made some plays in the second half on both sides of the yep. football that led to this win. I think just another uh, efficient, efficient performance from Carson Wentz where he made some big throws in the game Uh, some of the receivers on the other end made some big catches as well
0: no question but I I think we we would agree that no game even though the score ended up being 34-17 no game is going to be easy yep because with very few exceptions there's not really an explosiveness to the offense um the play that I that I thought was, well, obviously the Goddard 14-yarder on third down was tremendous. But Off I thought the yep. first play of the fourth quarter, which came after the penalty on on the shot play yep. that Davis caught. Which Davis was, caught the shot and play. And yep. there was a, a penalty on Vitae for Correct. holding, which Correct. was a penalty, well, by no, the way. No question. No yep. question. And then that was the last play of the third quarter. And then starting the fourth quarter where they rolled Wentz out, it was first and 20, I believe, was Perhaps, it not? Yep. Yes. And he hits Deontay Burnett. That's right. Who was the uh, Sam Darnold's receiver at USC. I think we both probably watched him coming out. We both liked him. And we both liked him for what he is. Yep. And uh, to me, that was a really big play because that was a downfield play, and there's not many of those. And of course, the Perkins touchdown that's the kind of thing they have to do. They have to scheme plays. Yep. And that was a really well schemed play, particularly against Cover Three. Um, I forget who the corner was on the back side. Baker, Looked Baker. Good. Yep. But because it was kind of mirrored crossers, you know, Baker was running with the receiver. I forget who that was
1: now. <laughs> that was Greg Ward. Was that I Greg Ward? I believe yeah. that was Greg Ward. Uh, and he side.
0: he ran from the left, and and he's running basically a, a deep vertical crosser, and Baker in cover three has to go with him as far as is possible and then all of a sudden he has perkins coming in his face so it's a well-schemed well designed play and those are the kinds of things they have to do to try to create scores
1: yeah it was a play that carson wentz talked about it uh, after the game uh, he was meant to hit Perkins a little bit li- or earlier in the play, right, but I would have due, thought. To this, due to the single high safety yeah. being there in the middle of the field, Perkins kind of had to keep that play alive, keep working right. towards the opposite side. Carson waited for it. He had plenty of time. It was a three-man rush against Mac, Max Protection. Right. Uh, so and a two-man was, route. Yeah, two-man route. So he needed one of those guys to break open. Uh, and he had Greg Ward flashing in front of him, but he said, you know what? I, I see Perkins. He's getting ready to go to the opposite right, side. Right. Typically, you don't ask your guy to make that kind of thing. You don't coach for a quarterback to throw a his body down the field late in the down, unless he's a special talent. I remember we had Frank right. Reich in studio a couple of years ago after the win uh, against the Chargers in 2017, and he made a throw on that in that game where it was a three-level stretch, and it was he's rolling to his right, and he actually threw across his body to Garrett Blunt opposite side of the I field. I remember the play, and Frank Reich said, "Yeah, we don't coach guys to make those kind of plays, but if you're an elite talent, you're gonna you can make right, those kind of plays, right, and right. that's exactly what." Well, Clark's it's funny you that say point. that
0: because. I thought he was just a beat late watching it because he didn't want to take him out of bounds. Yep. So he actually left it probably, and I'm nitpicking totally here, but it sounds like Carson would agree. Right. He left it just a hair inside, but because Perkins was open and Baker had been really turned around by the whole concept, it, it ended up being a touchdown because he certainly didn't want to take him out of bounds.
1: Yep, no question. I thought the Eagles... Uh, were really aggressive in this game. You know, Look, going up against a young New York Giants secondary, a lot of rookies on the back end. They were missing another starter. Sam Beal was out in the game. Right. So uh, you know, they clearly were aggressive. You saw some shot plays off play action, uh, allowed those guys to try and win one-on-one against man coverage as well. So uh, they were aggressive. I agree with you. The, the throw to Deontay Burnett was awesome, especially knowing, okay, end of third quarter, final play. It was you, a game then. Yeah, no question. And you, yeah. you hit that deep ball to Robert Davis Comes back on the hold. It's very easy to say, like, oh, all right, right, well, now now we're in trouble. Because Davis was a shot play. Out of it. That was a design shot yep, play. Yep. They went right back to the well. Different play concept, different receivers on the, it on the other It was almost kind end. of a
0: flood concept of a rollout.
1: Yep, no, no yeah. question. Yeah. But he saw he had one-on-one in the back side of that out, yep. uh, down the field with Burnett and a corner and a DB he threw him open i mean he lay, he laid it out there along the sideline no, that was and a great Burnico, throw. let He throws Burnico the ball well on the run yeah i mean outside the pocket he's i'm pretty I'm pretty sure he's number 1 in the league yeah he's
0: very good throwing it on the run yeah
1: and marcel wilson i believe is number 2 in right. quarterback rating so two guys that are certainly uh, able, able to make plays outside the numbers uh from the quarterback position in this game but we'll get to the matchup uh in a little bit miles sanders goes out uh with the injury certainly seemed like he was going to be a huge part of the offense uh, before Without the injury question. run game pass game uh saw a lot of touches early in the game boston scott comes in. and and does a lot I mean obviously ran for three touchdowns had a couple of really nice screen passes as well he's proven to be a nice reliable player for them uh, coming out of the backfield without question
0: um do you know what Sanders' status is as we speak tonight?
1: Uh, I don't. It seemed like it was not a major. Uh, major it wasn't deal. a high ankle sprain. No, no I did. the no one ever said high
0: ankle sprain right. in the press
1: conference today? So,
0: so yeah, because you, you kind of need him. Yeah, I mean, obviously they won this game. He got her what the second quarter, I believe. I believe so. But he had a couple of nice runs. I think one was a wham trap concept. One was which a wham trap. Really nice run. The other was inside zone. Well, was if inside I'm not zone. Mistaken. And what
1: I loved about the inside zone run, I believe it went for 21 yards. Yeah. was I that made a
0: note of it. He so. was
1: very patient pressing the line of scrimmage. He didn't. Get to the hole too fast. Right. Let things develop. Uh, played off the block from
0: Jason Kelsey and uh, made a Kelsey cut. Kelsey did it. That's the play I was. I knew it was one of them. Kelsey made a great block, getting to the second level linebacker Mayo on that. Yep. Did a really good job.
1: Yeah, and honestly, on the on the wham concept as well, he did a great job of playing off Kelsey again. Where Kelsey actually instead of blocking uh, inside out because of Mayo, had to go opposite. Right. And uh, Miles Sanders played off of that really right. well as well. So that also went for a first down. Uh, look, Sanders, he had a couple of runs in this one where I think you'd say, oh, man, like you'd, you'd like him to see him hit this a little bit different. But overall, uh, the way that he's running, he's just he's just very confident right now.
0: You can mm. see it in the way that he's running the football. Without question. So I hope he can go on Sunday. Uh, it's nice that they play the late game Sunday. They get the extra day of rest. Sure. Uh, so that's good. And and what's do you know what Zach Ertz status will be? I believe he was in the same boat that they were going to get Give him work this week, right? And uh, see how it and, goes. And see how that goes. Right. Yes. Yeah,
1: so, um, you know, see he seemed like with Miles Sanders and Avante Maddox, I think we're in the same boat. Of didn't seem like they were major. Zach Gertz, they were going to kind of let it play out. Lane Johnson, I believe, uh, kind of in the same boat as right, well. If, right. you know, if memory serves me right from Doug's press conference today.
0: Well, um, Sanders has become a big part of this offense. He's obviously now provided some juice as a runner. Yep. Uh, and, and I think that's become critical because they need that element. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, they hit a, f- a few more big plays in the past game this week. We'll see if that's the kind of thing that can continue. Yep. Um, I think you're dealing with some aggressive corners, and we'll get to Seattle in a few minutes. But, you know, I think Griffin is an aggressive corner. Uh, you know, I think there's there's shots to be taken against the, the Seahawks defense. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. They've given up big plays this year.
1: They have, and that they was have. why they made the trade for for Quandre Diggs when they did uh, late in the season. Was because their safety play was not what they had wanted. Diggs has been hurt the last couple of weeks. They're hoping that he's going to be able to go this week. Well, again, we'll get. Now, to let the me Seahawks ask you question: a bit, Was our
0: Siegel Whiteside? Was he? He's still, been still up fighting an foot. injury yeah, that's because he essentially only played in 12 personnel and in 22 personnel. Uh, he did not play in 11 personnel. I right. think maybe one snap in 11 personnel in the game. Right. He, he was not on the field. It was Ward, Davis, and Burnett.
1: Yeah, no, I think he's still battling the foot. I'm glad you brought up Greg Ward, though, because um, he's a guy – you know what? You can see the comfort level and the confidence yeah, a little that bit. Carson's got in him uh, week by week, and I thought uh, against the Giants – there were a couple of plays where the ball comes out early, and right where Carson was putting the ball, that's where Greg Ward was. Well, eh? those are
0: spot throws, Yeah, and you have to give credit to Ward yep. because ultimately it's the receiver's job to be at that spot. Those are spot throws. Yeah. You're not waiting for the break. No. You're throwing before the break, and as I said, that, that's what a spot throw is. Yeah. You're throwing it to a spot, and based on the route, the receiver needs to be at that spot based on – Routes like that are either based on steps or yards, mm. and that's where the break occurs. Yeah. And the quarterback, you know, Ron Jaworski used to tell me those kinds of throws, he could throw blindfolded because you're throwing to a spot.
1: Right. You, know, you could see there's uh, a couple of those outbreaking routes. Yep. One was early in the game uh, where he was, you know, he, he like you said, threw, I threw to a spot um, and moved the chains, both of those. And then even the third down one late in the game, Greg Ward in the slot, and it was against off-coverage. You know, we point out what, is, what, is, what are the Giants doing what here. Are the, yeah, which, what are
0: the, which Chris Spielman pointed yes, out quite forcefully as well, by fair, the way. <laughs> fair question to ask, but that doesn't take
1: away the, the anticipation right, and right. the timing between those two guys. And I thought really bringing it back to the Seattle matchup, we can go back to that game in Week 12. And remember, the receivers did not have a did not have a great no. game in that game. And when you talk about route running and guys being where they needed to be, where the, when they needed to be there, there was a, a play on third and short. Greg Ward was supposed to. It was third and five. I remember. And he ran a little bit too deep. Too deep. deep. And Carth- it where was there a were mirrored throw.
0: curls, and and you could see the other receiver, who I forget, on the other side of the field, ran it correctly. Yep. And Ward went about a yard and a half, a, a two yard and a half, two deep. yards too deep. Yep. And the ball was thrown, which made it look like a terrible throw.
1: So I thought that th- that play last night, even right. though it was against off coverage and all that. Kind of mirrored and showed. Right, oh, this is right. the development over the course of what the last. Well, seven, he's five taking weeks. all first
0: team reps, so yeah. he's getting reps.
1: No, it's. Uh, I thought that that was really good to see, and certainly important for this team uh, moving into the postseason. Uh, no, I thought Carson. and Obviously, look from a re- you know there all the records you know that Carson broke last night. Uh, completions for right. you know an Eagles quarterback. First quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards in franchise history. Only quarterback in NFL history to throw for 4,000 yards without having a wide receiver go for over 500. I saw that. Uh, which is a, kind of an interesting anecdote. And I actually thought you
0: know. last night uh, in the game, I thought there were a couple of throws and maybe it was the weather that got away from him. Yeah. And it rise. could have been the weather. Yep. You know, but uh, yeah, a couple got away from him. First time
1: in a month, he didn't have thirty completions in game.
0: Right. So there's the
1: knock. There you go. (laughs) Uh, No, he just he's continued to just be very, very good with the football. uh, You know, in terms of taking care of it, not forcing anything, taking what the defense gives him.
0: Um, No, he's been really, really impressive. I think it was early in the game, was either the first or second series where he ran for ten yards. Yep. Was that first series? Yes, I believe so. Yes. Yeah, and again, another example where. You know, earlier in the season, he might have stayed and waited and waited and maybe then a bad thing happens. But the last two weeks in particular, if he feels that it's not quite there or if he's not just seeing it the way he wants to see it – He's getting out of there. Yep, I and mean, there's nothing wrong with that. No question. And I thought too um, the the
1: throw that he made to Goddard on the second drive down the seam, the seam ball, the seam ball yeah. against cover two. You just saw the decisiveness there, yes. and just understanding how yeah. to how to attack coverage because yeah.
0: the linebacker, the Mike, they linebacker, opened. Up, he opened up to the other side. He opened as up, I up to the two receivers. So do you? Th- so let's go through this really quick. Uh, was, I made the point that it was disguised late movement, cover two at a nickel. He hit uh, Goddard on the seam ball on the boundary side because normally it, it can be taught different ways. What you were about to ask me, I yes, assume, was, was what the middle hole defender does. Take us through cover that. two. Thank Is you. that what you were about to ask me? That was me? exactly what I was going to ask you. You can do this different ways. Yep. The most common way is the middle hole defender will open his body to the field, not to the boundary side. And we're
1: talking about the middle linebacker dropping Dropping down the middle of the field in Tampa, too.
0: So he will open not to the short side of the field, but to the wide side of the field. That's normally the case. Now, it can also be taught that it depends on who the receivers are. It can be taught that they will open to speed. So, for instance, let's say you have two wide receivers to the boundary and you have two tight ends to the field. Which is what last night was. Yep. Right. You Then he could open to the boundary because he's opening to speed yep. as opposed to space. Yep. So it can be taught different ways. On that particular play, he opened to space, to the field. And Goddard ran his vertical route, his seam route, from the slot from the short side of the field, the boundary side.
1: Yeah, he's not He's not going to be able to defend that uh, throw behind him to the, down the seam he, not when, even he's got close. His back, when he's got his back to Especially
0: it. since they disguised it and there was late movement, so guys were getting into position as the ball was snapped. They were not actually set. Yep. They tried to, to obviously show Carson a look before the snap and have him think that would be the look after the snap, and it wasn't, but... Carson was very comfortable, read it, and he made a good throw there.
1: Yeah, it's, it's just adding to the third-down numbers, Eagles uh, finished the regular season number one in the NFL on third and short, which is four or less, 71% uh, on third and short. And then third-down, overall, they were the f- number four in the NFL, 45.4% conversion rate on third-down. Which third is down a pretty good season. tribute
0: to the offense, given the pieces that they've been missing most of the season. Yeah, no You question. would not think that.
1: Right. I, I think that you know, when you – especially you take that a step further, we're talking situational football. You go yep. third-down and you go red zone. No team was better in the red zone this year than the Eagles. Right. You talk about red zone scoring efficiency 96%. Of their trips to the red zone, came away with points. That's number one in the NFL. That's for the season. For the season. That, uh, just that's out, pretty good. That's an outstanding number. And then their touchdown efficiency uh, was third in the NFL. Two thirds. Two out of every three trips. And I bet in their four the game winning
0: streak. It's even better than that. Oh, it's got to be. Yeah, yeah. I, I got. I know it was seventy five percent going into yesterday. I can't specifically remember. Obviously, we know they scored in the red zone. Um, the Perkins touchdown was just outside the red zone, but obviously Scott had two red zone touchdowns. Yep. So.
1: Yeah, I think when you talk uh, situational football, this team has been uh, pretty has been good. Really, it's been really good, and yeah. it, th- that has really helped propel them uh, over the course, Without especially question. on the back end of the year. Because yeah. uh, when you're missing these pieces, you've got to be able to matriculate the ball, as we've as we've talked about at length uh, on this show. You've got to be able to move the ball and be efficient. You're not. You have to make the most of your opportunities. So when you get into the red zone. You can't be kicking field goals. You no. got to get touchdowns because you got to make the most of all those chances, and they've done exactly that. Um, so, really quickly too, before we move over to the defensive side, uh, the one thing that stood out to me about Dallas Goddard, we talked about the big catch along the sideline, that that 14-yard gain on third and eight, where he uh, makes the catch along the side. A great throw from Carson, toe touch gra- yep. uh, grab along the sideline, outstanding. Made a couple of grabs through contact in this game. To me, when I talk about tight ends, making catches through contact. You're got you working over the middle of the field. You're dealing in traffic. You've got to be able to do that. He made a couple of big catches where he took a hit and held on to the football.
0: You know, and I think we're starting to see, and and, and confidence is, is a word we all throw around, but I think with him, because you and I watched him in college. Yep. And he didn't drop balls in college. No, he did not. And in fact, that to me was one of his... Most impressive. He was at the catch point. And clearly his first this is third year I believe, correct? Second year. Second year? Yep. Okay. Uh, clearly last year and through the early part of this season he had some very uncharacteristic drops. And I think we're now seeing him make those catches that we all assumed he would make without a problem. Right. Yep. So whether it's confidence, whether it's reps, whatever the reason, this is the Dallas Goddard. I know the Eagles thought they were drafting because they traded up to get him sure. because they were very high on him. So we're now starting to see him make the kinds of catches I think we all expected to see.
1: Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been great to see, and especially with the injury to Zach Ertz, you know, you need Dallas Goddard to, right. to step up and be that guy.
0: Well, it's funny because then I have the stats. With Ertz injured, they really didn't step away Way at all from playing with two tight ends, what we call 12 personnel, because they had 46 out of 72 snaps with um, 12 personnel. Try to
1: bust out the calculator again? If like you'd like to. So if if you'd, you'd like to. I mean, 46 out of 72, we can kind of guess what that yeah,
0: was. Yeah, And they had three snaps of 13, and also seven snaps with six offensive linemen. So uh, obviously, this is a, a base personnel offense right now. But if you just look at 12, 46 divided by 72 is what? 64%. And for the season, because I did those numbers myself yeah. and actually typed them out, um, for the season—well, uh, I shouldn't say for the season. In the four-game winning streak, okay. they've been in 12 personnel on 61% of their snaps. 61%. All right. That's well, in the four-game winning streak. So they're really anathema to the rest of the league right now. Maybe uh, maybe the Vikings are a team that plays a lot out of 12. Yeah. But this is not the way the league plays. The league pre- predominantly plays out of eleven personnel.
1: No, no question. And I think when you look at uh, just playing to your strengths, I mean, you know you've got uh, two of the, be- the probably the best tight end tandem in the NFL., uh, you want to be able to leverage that. and certainly uh, a guy like
0: Josh Perkins has shown that he can make some plays as well. And he's got some athletic movement he because does. the thing about the Eagles is they're very diverse out of that twelve personnel package. Uh, they there's a formation they absolutely love. It's where they're close to the boundary and twins to the field they they do that a lot but they also have the tight ends detached from the formation quite a bit
1: yeah no question Uh, especially Perkins because he's a guy that has that he has that angular body yeah no doubt um let's go over the defensive side and I thought there were some good things there So did I um you know look the uh, we'll start up front because uh number one I thought Brandon Graham was really strong in this game he's
0: a really good player he
1: really is Uh, to me one of the more underrated players in the NFL Uh,
0: you know Again, I don't know how Eagles fans feel about this, but I would say snap after snap, he's been their most consistent defensive lineman this year. Okay, yeah, I, I could definitely buy that. Maybe sure. not the most spectacular. Right, yeah. But I think snap after snap, run, pass, I think he's been their most consistent and and therefore their best off, their best defensive lineman.
1: Yeah, he had a sack of his own off a long stunt, yep. um, and then he created some sacks for Derek Barnett as well uh, in this game. So you saw his impact against the pass, made plays against the run as well. Uh, I thought overall look, they, have, they gave up that 68-yarder, the, the long touchdown run, uh, which can happen against a guy like Saquon Barkley, but overall, against they the, the run, run they, were really well. they were really, really good. They, I'm yeah. going to post a couple shots on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, linebackers... But so
0: Jernigan had some really good snaps against the run.
1: Yep, they, I thought the D-line held up well. Anthony yeah. Rush showing up again, yeah. number 66. Uh, inside their lineup, head up over the center, made some plays. Fletcher Cox showed up against the run, uh, and then the linebackers flew downhill yep. a number of plays. Malcolm Jenkins as well put him in there, uh, flew downhill, and that number one, that's not just about being aggressive and attacking the running back, but that's also about helping those D tackles when there's double teams. Because well, it's when, knowing
0: your gap too. You can't just fly. Yeah, you can't just yeah. fly. But <laughs> right, you, right.
1: If you, when you get downhill right. into your gap, the double team now has to peel off has the D tackle. Exactly. And now you've got maybe you know if if one of those offensive linemen peels off, the other guy isn't quite secure with his block. The D lineman is able to throw him off balance, and now you're. And that's you're the way business. it's often
0: taught: is as a linebacker, you have to release the double team. Yeah. And the only way you do that is playing downhill. Nate Gary uh, did it a couple
1: times. Yep. Nigel Bradham did a couple times. T.J. Edwards continues to flash Brad, as well. Bradham
0: was active, I thought, in this game. He, he was. I think I believe yeah. he led
1: the team in tackles. Yeah, he was active. Yep. Uh, I, thought, I mean, I
0: wasn't charting every play of his, but he was active. Yeah,
1: no, I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw after the game that he yeah. led the team uh, in tackles. I think um, defensively, no, they, they defended the run well. Uh, we saw some good things from a pass rush standpoint. I thought Derek Barnett had, had a good had game as well. He had two great
0: inside spin moves against uh, Solder. The first one was early in the game, and, and it was a quick game throw, so he didn't get there. The second one led to Jernigan's sack yes. in the fourth quarter. Yeah.
1: Yep. No, I think yeah. t- to me, if we're talking, you know, and I know we're, we're saying we're going to talk about the Seattle game in a little bit, that's a matchup that I'm very interested to see is Derek Barnett against whoever's at left tackle uh, for the Seahawks. It'll be
0: Fanter Jones. Yeah,
1: because yeah, it looks like uh, just before we went to air, uh, Pete Carroll had a press conference out west, and it seems like they're going to take Dwayne Brown right up until game time. game time. So we'll and see. And he's a
0: pro, so if he can go, he will go. Right, but
1: not, clearly not won't don't be 100%. Know. They don't know that either. Yeah, clearly right. won't be 100% right. if he does go. Right. And if not, uh, George Fant against Derek Barnett is one. I'll be or in it'll be watch. Jamarco Jones. Yes, who, who started in Week 16, the yeah. rookie uh, from Ohio State. Um, secondary.
0: I thought LeBlanc what? showed up a lot in this game. He, not
1: just in the against pass, against the run as I agree. Well. The fourth down stop. He uh, flashed. Yeah, the fourth down stop on Saquon, the, the tackle for loss in right. fourth and two. He dismantled Golden Tate in yeah. the slot. Like, just terrible for Golden Tate yeah. in the slot. And he made the play in the backfield. It started with Cox and Graham forcing right. Barkley to bounce, but uh, Cravon did a great job. No, he, he made some pass breakups as I well. I thought he
0: played well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sidney Jones got fifty-seven snaps due to injury. Um he was beaten one time and the ball was underthrown. But otherwise, I thought he moved well again, similar to the way he looked a week earlier against Dallas. Yep. I think he's he's moving better than than he has as an Eagle. Now yep. I don't know if if he's not injured anymore. I don't know. Yeah. But I think he looks better. That's what this film shows.
1: Yeah. Uh his first snap in, the offense went right after him again. He lined up at left corner after Maddox went out. Right. Sidney Jones comes in, they're running a slant. He undercuts the slant, gets his hands yep. to the catch point, gets the ball on the ground. And, and then even the interception uh, came with him as a cover two corner. He yeah, was cover two, yeah. Yeah, he was yeah, a cover two yeah. corner. He, sank, he, right, he uh, right. sank with the with the vertical route outside and made the play. The I only, mean, pl-
0: again, without charting every play, the, the one that I remember that was obviously not good was when Shepard ran right by him yep. and the ball was underthrown. thrown. But that was back. really yep. the only play I can really remember where it was, you know, you got a little nervous. Yeah,
1: uh, Avante Maddox had that great pass breakup in the second quarter, it was really impressive. Yeah. Rizul Douglas had a, a handful of pass breaks. He got beat well.
0: two and it was underthrown. That's the, so, like, to yeah. me... But that course, happens in
1: games. That happens in games. Yeah. And so, to me, when I look at those, it's like, all right, well, yes, ball was underthrown, but you still need to be able to make that play right. and not draw a flag. They like,
0: were... This might sound crazy because they didn't give up a touchdown the week before, but I thought the secondary played better this week than they did against Dallas.
1: Yeah, I think, I think you're right. No question. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, with Roddy McLeod active again. Malcolm Jenkins obviously doing what Malcolm does uh, down but, close to the line of scrimmage. I thought,
0: too, until about middle third quarter when Jim Schwartz kind of changed up a bit, I thought they did a really good job with disguise and late movement again. thought they did a really good job with multiple front looks. Yep. You know, showing different things. Uh, Cox played a number of snaps as a wide nine defensive end. Yeah. Um, you know, so I thought that. You know, I thought Jim Schwartz did a lot of things. Certainly through the first half. Yeah. Certainly through the first two or three possessions. Yep. And it was. You know, again, we don't know the the absolute. Um, result from the Giants' perspective, but it, it, for me, it's just good to see that. Well, to me,
1: you know, we go to the biggest play of the game was the the forced fumble by Malcolm Jenkins that was returned by Fletcher Cox that got him out and down on the goal line. I go back to the, the – there was a play early on where they disguised pressure on third down in the red zone. Uh, Daniel Jones got the ball out very quickly, an incompletion to Saquon Barkley right. on a wheel route. They ended up kicking was a field zero. goal. That was – yeah. So they – what I saw was after the protection was set – Malcolm then approached of course, the line of scrimmage and yeah. flew down the A gap. Right. What we saw on that on that play that uh, that critical the sack fumble was something very very similar where protection was set. Malcolm was lined up basically as what you would call like a, a thirty technique. He was lined up in the B gap off the ball outside the defensive tackle. After protection set, he then slides into the A gap right up on the line of scrimmage, and the the
0: guard. I mean, Will Hernandez the left guard's just let getting him getting out in the meeting because There's you no got question. to see that. You got. I mean, you got to see it. It would have been understand. interesting if the ball wasn't uh, fumbled because. There was a, the receiver broke open right away. Yeah. You know, so it would have been interesting, but hey, you know that's what happened. It's football.
1: Oh, it was. Uh, yeah. But it was. Uh, I thought that was a really well disguised pressure. Oh, yeah. uh from Malcolm Jenkins, and then also uh, just him and Nigel Bradham together yeah. uh, in the and pressure I, package. I thought was they were used in a lot of different ways. Sometimes they went both went a gap. They you know, when they late in the game, we saw them cross uh, cross and go b gaps. Uh, both guys fell sometimes. Both went through the same gap at times. So watching right. those guys used in different ways, I thought was interesting.
0: And I thought they did a good job. There were two or three snaps early on, maybe first two three possessions. Where they almost showed a zero look and then they dropped out to again, whatever you want to call it. I think there was one where they rushed five, so I'm hesitant to call that cover two. Maybe that was more of a three robber. Then there was run one where they rushed four, so maybe we'll call that one kind of inverted two. Mm. But they, they they showed almost what it looked like zero and got out to that. Yep. And both time well, both times Jones hesitated. Yeah. And that's what you're that's trying what you're to do. That's yeah.
1: exactly what you want. Especially the the whole point, and everyone talks about that middle of the field being open is if the ball is coming out quickly to quick in-breakers you know, against what looks like a pressure looker right, if the quarterback's confused, right. that's where that robber, that underneath no defender, center comes into play. Yeah. So he's able to impact yeah. uh, those kind of throws and take those I away. mean, not
0: that it's an Eagles point, but I thought overall Jones kind of handled himself well throughout the game. I mean, I've for a rookie quarterback, yeah, he I've was poised, he was composed. You know, Obviously, the Eagles' defense beat him a couple times, but he really never lost his his composure.
1: No, I haven't seen that from him at all yeah, all season. Yeah. I've been keeping an eye on him. He's he's performed very well. Um, let's get to this game. Kind of a, a big one here on Sunday afternoon, Greg. A little bit. Yeah, wild card week rematch from week 12. Yeah. Uh, which, totally
0: different for the Eagles' offense, though. I mean, I mean, without,
1: without I, yeah, question. I mean, yeah.
0: I think the narrative, and a fair one, is that what happened in that game from an Eagles' offensive perspective is, I'm not saying you throw the film out because you're just going to study – the Seahawks defense, and there's certain things you'll take away, but from an Eagles offensive perspective, I think we're dealing with a different game.
1: It's almost similar to what happened when the Eagles played the Cowboys early in the season. You had the turnovers in the first two drives, and now you're down 14-0, and it just kind of changed the construct of the game. This one was very similar where they just, I mean, it was... It was just—it was an ugly game. And yeah. It started early. The first half was really, really bad. Yeah. Uh, protection across the across the yeah. board, left to right, was bad in this yeah. game. Carson Wentz was under fire. The receivers did not play well. Carson did not have his best game. They couldn't really run the ball effectively no. uh, over a consistent basis. So. Uh, yeah it was It was. Uh, there was actually another stat too they only threw four passes beyond 12 yards yeah. Carson was one for four two picks I was going to uh, say that I, I think he
0: completed 33 balls for about 250 yards Yeah, it was It was one of those games yeah
1: it was it was an ugly yeah. performance so yeah. uh, defensively that was the game they had six sacks uh, they are really the only big plays you saw were the trick play the, the trick flicker play. which was a great throw yeah. um, and they, they gave up the, the long one to, to Rashad Penny um, but
0: outside of that they didn't give up a lot so no, and on was, third down I thought they did a lot of really good things I thought they did a really really nice job with with that front that I call over strong tilted front, getting Bradham up in there. Sometimes he'd come, sometimes he would just occupy, sometimes he would occupy and then spy. I thought they did a really nice job. There was a sack, even though Cox didn't get it, where he was lined up zero technique. His first over, third down of the game over Hunt, yep. who looks like a very little man compared to Fletcher, Fletcher Cox. Cox. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you see the Eagles in a front where Cox is zero technique again, because I think they'll want that matchup.
1: Especially if, going back to what I mentioned earlier about Derek Barnett going. On one right, against the left right, tackle, right. creating one on those one on ones. That's what I mean. That's an area where that's a decided advantage in favor of the Eagles yeah. is their D
0: line against that O line. We might have to do something about that in my uh in NFL matchup this week. I think that's kind well, of well.
1: You're right. I'm gonna tell you this you're doing something for that on Eagles game plan this week. Ah, so I did or, not know
0: that. Yeah, you, you didn't know it now before no, you know because it now. I was looking at that today actually in the office at NFL Films and. You know, thinking that that might be worthy because the Eagles have continued to use that front. Yep. It wasn't just specific to the Seahawks game. It's become kind of a staple dime front for them.
1: Yeah, uh, on third down, uh, depending on the game, they haven't yeah. done it every game, but depending on the game, they've, they've certainly done that and have tried to create, again, you're, what you're doing is you're putting Nigel Bradham up at the line of scrimmage to make sure he can occupy an offensive lineman to force one-on-ones across the board. Because
0: you hit on a great point. I was thinking Cox-Hunt, but it's also going to be Barnett versus Fanner-Jones. Yeah. You want to it's to
1: gram confetti. Like it's all right, it's all right of them, it's, yeah. it's
0: it's all across basically but yeah. I mean it there's there's some one-on-one matchups here that that stand out that seem to favor the Eagles yeah. uh and again Wilson we know has great secondary action ability but still you can't you're not going to build your game on, hey, let's not pressure him. You're yep. still going to try to pressure him. He does get sacked a lot.
1: Yeah, he does get sacked a lot. He can hold on to the football, yep. uh, try and buy time. He got sacked six
0: times in that game. Uh, Quarterbacks that 12. run around, they make plays, no yep. question, but they also get sacked more.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, And Malcolm Jenkins was certainly a huge factor uh, at times. He was a spy on Russell Wilson. at times. They spied he grew- Wilson
0: a decent amount. They did, yeah.
1: and at times as well, uh, we saw Malcolm get home as a Green Dog player as right. well, where he was manned up on the back. The back had to stay in, and now Malcolm takes off and inserts. I'm
0: still trying to figure that play out from their perspective of the um, uh, Seahawks because they did not need to slide. The guard did not need to slide there.
1: Yeah. It, I th- that's To me, that goes back to why when you have a guy like Nigel Bradley, you put him up on the line, <laughs> Consistently drop him out, drop him out, drop right. him out. Now all of a sudden the line's like, "Well, we're I'm going to help out, but you know the, right, the guard, right. the guard, I think that's what it was. Is the maybe. guard didn't need to we slide. We don't know that,
0: you know. But I think it was right. help to
1: help Joey Hunt. Maybe, was, yeah, maybe, know, maybe
0: it was as simple as, "Hey, there's and I can't remember who was Fletcher Cox. It was Fletcher. Yeah, was Maybe it was, it was, yeah, it was, maybe it was just, "Hey, we're going to help because he hasn't come. Yeah, it could have been. It could be as simple as that. Yeah. But I mean, from a numbers perspective, he Correct. did not need to slide. No, he did not. Right."
1: Um, you no, know, to me, it's a great way to mess with pre- yeah. uh, protection schemes, and uh, the Eagles did that at a very high level yes, in that I, first I would matchup. agree.
0: I thought their defense played really well in that first game. Like you said, it was the flea flicker and then the penny long run, yep. but other than that, they there was not much for the Seahawks' offense. No,
1: I, I think when we look at this matchup, uh, look, the, the secondary was playing at a very high level at that point. That was during that stretch where they weren't really giving up big plays. Right. Uh, they were getting after the quarterback. Obviously, they had a stretch here down the you know from the last few games where the secondary was not playing as well. They were giving up some big plays, but you know what? There's there's a number. And I should have said this earlier. Ben Ben ran the. If I were to talk to you about the the the, uh, the secondary on third down, okay, who's the, secondary? The Eagles secondary okay. on third down. Where would you say that would rank um, in terms of completion percentage on third down?
0: On third down? Yeah, third down. I mean, we've seen them give up plays, but you're asking me obviously because yeah. it's probably better, it's probably than, you better think. than you think. Yes, right? Exactly. You know, so I, again, I, I don't remember all the plays on third down, but it's 51% ob- completion. That's second in the league on third down. Wow, that's good then.
1: That's a good number. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're they're. For me, I think when you look at the coverage st- standpoint, um, look, Jalen Mills, uh, hopefully healthy. He was, he was a, a late scratch uh, in Sunday's game against the Giants. Avante Maddox, we mentioned earlier, hopefully is going to be healthy. Right. So you get both those guys back. I like Avante Maddox. Uh, I do, too. And he's he's he's, he's, a, he's, he's improved throughout the year as well. He's a
0: feisty, competitive guy.
1: Yeah. You, so you know the energy Crayon yeah. LeBlanc yeah. brings. We know what Rasul Douglas. He kind of reminds me of Brent better. Grimes. Okay. I can see that. Avante Maddox? Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. You know, smaller
0: guys, sure. 5'9", 5'10". Right. Yep but feisty, competitive, tough.
1: Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, to me, the the, the uh, Eagles' corners against the Seattle receivers, to me, you're talking two guys, right? We're talking Tyler Lockett is, is certainly a, a very good player, and then DJ, D.K. Metcalf, the rookie uh, out of
0: Ole Miss. Who theoretically is a mismatch for most. For pretty much anybody. Just there. because of the size and, and speed. Yeah,
1: uh, he's um, been targeted a ton. The completion percentage going his way. It's not like they've completed every target going his way.
0: I think he dropped a touchdown against the
1: Birds, if I'm not mistaken. He did. He dropped one the, yeah. on a deep post route. Yeah. Uh, and he's, so had, he's, had his,
0: he's had his share, share of drops. drops but yeah. but he can run by pretty much anybody. Pretty you got to be a little careful. He's a, I mean,
1: he's a mismatch. He's 6'5", and he, well, he, yeah, and he six looks four, like four,
0: Superman. 6'4", 228, and would he run a four two. Whatever he ran, he ran under a four. Stupid, so. I thought he ran a four two eight, but I could be wrong. Yeah,
1: I think when you look at those two receivers, certainly, yeah, uh, athletic mismatches. They've got some other guys yeah. that are, kind of have that athletic profile uh, that maybe not everyone knows about. Right. Um. But you know, really, when you look at those two guys, they're they're the two weapons. I like the wide receiver standpoint. too. The
0: small school kid. I think he's yeah. a solid. He's that
1: guy. He was an athletic kid coming yeah, out. Yeah. I watched Central him. Oklahoma State. Yeah, I watched
0: him. Believe it or not. Sicko. I know. Um. <laughs> but,
1: uh, I think when you look at, at that standpoint, it, uh, to me. I think the biggest thing is going to be this run game because this is an offense that we talked about last time. Leading into that Week 12 game, they want to run the football. That's their identity. You lose Chris Carson, season-ending injury. You lose Rashad Penny, season-ending injury. You lose CJ Procise, season-ending injury. So they go, they sign Robert Turbin, they bring him back. They bring back Marshawn Lynch. Travis Homer gets the start, the rookie out of Miami. I, I
0: think he's played well in the two games that he's obviously played meaningful snaps this past week, had to come in the week prior. Yep. Uh, you know, I think he's one of those guys, and the reason why he's wasn't a higher round pick is he's not special in any one thing, and he's not big enough. He's a little slight. Yep. But I think that he can do a lot of things well. They they certainly will try and get him in
1: space. Like yes. That's the you know you look got at a little exposure to him. He's de- he definitely he tested very well at the combine, yeah. and I thought that athleticism did show up on tape at Miami. Yep. Um, you know, you get him out in space. That's where you know they're going to run those misdirection schemes, and that was what Rashad Penny. Uh, you look at some of those big runs he had against the Eagles in that game in Week 12. They were of the misdirection variety. Outside of the long touchdowns right. with the trap play, everything else was, uh, you know, there was the little yep. flip play, yep. the things yep. where they get him out in the perimeter. Homer can hit on those kind of plays. We know what Marshawn Lynch is. We know, and he'll be better.
0: Is. When I say better, I'm not saying all of a sudden he's, you know, going to be great, of but course. obviously another week of practice, another week of being. Yeah you know of working uh, assuming he does work we don't we don't know that um but he's still a guy you're gonna have to bring a lot of bodies to
1: yeah I, look you get uh, uh robert turbin in there as well as a bigger back um it knows the system has been yeah. there in the past so it's, no we we know what that what that run game wants to be we
0: know what their offensive profile is yes exactly. there's not a lot of mystery to them
1: i guess the the big question
0: will be this is
1: um, and look, it, it continued to work for them because they had San Francisco on their heels and were uh, an unbelievable delay of game penalty away from winning that game. I, I still don't understand I, that, and so I'm right. not
0: speaking from the Seahawks' perspective. I'm watching the guy stayed up and watched the whole game. Yes, yeah, so did. I. Yeah. And I'm watching it, and it seemed like the delay of game happened in five seconds. Right. Like right. I, you know, again, I don't know what happened. Right. But uh, you know, it was weird. It was. It was. Mind blowing the yeah. penalty, but um, they win the game without that.
1: No, qu- I mean no question. they, they were at, the half, at the, the half yard line. They're half yard line. They're getting ready to send Marshawn Lynch yeah. in yeah, with was... a couple of
0: plays right. to go. Malcolm yeah. Butler's not walking through that. No, 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 for, no, or, uh, for San no. Francisco.
1: Um, no, but I think when uh, you look at that and that profile, I wondered after the injuries to Carson and to Penny if they were going to say, okay, you know what? Even though we have to, we obviously we have to bring in other running backs. Let's just put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands and let him throw the ball over the yard. It didn't seem that they were the one. Here's the one that noticed or The one difference I did notice. It seemed like he ran more than last night.
0: Wilson. Yes. That also could be encouraged because that is a meaningful part of their offense. Yeah. Uh, and I think they do encourage that. I really do.
1: I, I think it seemed to me, and this was completely anecdotal. I didn't track it at all. It seemed like he took off and ran a little bit more than he had in the past. Uh, and certainly watching and leading up to week right. 12. Um, and who knows that might be, especially, you know, like you said, uh, it's late in the season right. now it's crunch time. They were, Hey, we, we need, we need this. So we're going to try and get every yard they can. Uh, whereas, you know, in week six, he may not be trying to risk anything. Um, but that, that'll be something to keep an eye out for sure. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Because that's a meaningful part of their offense.
1: Yeah. Uh, offensively, just a couple of big numbers here. Um, very efficient passing the football. Uh, rushing, they were top five in the league. But again, with the with the change in personnel, we'll see if that changes. Like the Eagles, very good in the red zone. Third in the NFL uh, in scoring efficiency down inside the 20-yard line. They take care of the football is the other big one. Turnover differential. Yeah. They were plus 12, tied for third. Well, Wilson league.
0: does not throw picks, just nope. like Carson doesn't throw picks.
1: Yep. No, it's... Uh, it's, going to, be, it's a, going to be an interesting matchup from that standpoint. Yeah. Um, the, to me, the the decided advantage, like we, t- we talked about, is Eagles D-line against that offensive line. That's going to be uh, one of the big determining matchups uh, in this I game would agree. Um, real quickly, we broke down leading into that matchup in Week 12, shot plays, play action, big part of what they do.
0: They haven't been as good in recent weeks.
1: No, they haven't. I was going to ask you if yeah. you had any theories on to, uh, as to—I mean, it's not to as to why they haven't been as good I, at play action, but I wonder what is kind of. I, I don't have, to a, back in all way. honesty, and yeah. you
0: know me well enough to know I don't make it up. Right. I don't have a brilliant answer for that. They just haven't been as good, and. Wilson has not made anywhere near the number of secondary action plays the last number of weeks, and therefore their offense has kind of stalled a bit. Right. Because, like I said, there's no mystery to what they do. They run the ball. They're a run-first offense. They're a play-action offense off the run game. Yep. And then Wilson makes secondary action plays. Yeah. And they've not been able to make the big plays in the past game in recent weeks and Wilson has not made second reaction plays. Mm. So therefore their offense has kind of even last night I know in the third in the fourth quarter they started moving the ball, but that's a whole different feel of a game at that right. point. But even last night, I mean, I think um uh, who said it last night? It was Al Michaels, I guess. Um, who said it was late in the third quarter and Wilson did not have hundred yards passing yet? Right. Yep. He got all his yards in the fourth quarter, which,
1: which that's that's not how they were built. No, up. no, no. I mean, look, I, I've got numbers, and this is over the full season, not over the last, we'll say, five six weeks, but just over from weeks one to seventeen. Deep passing. I mean, he was he had thirty five completions that went twenty yards in the air. Yeah. That's second in the NFL. Uh, completed seventeen or seventeen point four percent of their passes were downfield second most in the NFL. Yeah, this is a team that wants to attack vertically. Without
0: question. And they have the players who can do that in Metcalf and Lockett. Right. Yeah, it's, Even be more to watch. can get vertical yes. a little bit. I mean, that's, yeah.
1: that's, like I said, that guy was a guy that tested yeah. very, very well. Um, let's go over to Seahawks defense. Um, a group that I think we, we all have the mystique about Legion of Boom and this group... Mm-hmm. It's not that group right now. No. Uh, the pass rush has not been as good as they were hoping. Uh, they traded for Jadavian Clowney in the summer. They really don't
0: have a natural pass rusher.
1: Yeah, they, ha- they I know he's been banged up. They're well, hoping he's not that he's a gonna natural be good, pass but, rusher. But yeah, they haven't been able to get after the quarterback as well as they were hoping. Now, they did have three sacks and they did get to Carson Wentz in that game in right. Week 12. The Eagles have got to protect better in this matchup right. than they did in Week 12 um, because that defensive line overall has not been able to get to the quarterback.
0: No, no, and uh, uh, I, I think that's something that's critical. Uh, They can't allow that to happen in this game because they're not a very good pass rush group. I mean, Clowney was back last night. He was not really a factor. Ansaw has had moments in his career where he's been a dominant pass rusher, but he's been banged up all season. You could argue their best pass rusher is Quentin Jefferson.
1: Yeah, number ninety nine. Yeah. guy, he's rotated in between D tackle and DN. Yeah, uh, has become he's a star. A solid for year. Yeah, no question. Then um, Bleeva gave the Eagles some issues uh, in that first. He matchup. did. He did. Um, you know, just, just because of his <clears throat> sheer size, he's a different kind of guy. Um, I you know, think defensive line uh, that's uh, an issue for them. And in the secondary, we mentioned earlier, they've given up some big plays down the field, uh, and that's that's been an issue for them. Um, it's gotten a little bit better in the back half of the year. So leading up to week twelve. They were a little bit lower on the on the ranks, but uh, when they traded for Quandre Diggs from Detroit, he has kind of ironed some things out playing in the post for them. A very violent player comes down, and he, he kind of can be a tone right. setter for them. They've missed that over the last couple of weeks. We'll see if he's able to go.
0: Yeah, if not, they've been playing Delano Hill, who's really more of a strong safety. In yep. Michigan, he was almost kind of a linebacker type. Right. But they've been playing him there because they didn't want to change two positions because Bradley McDougal is their strong safety, and they didn't want to change two positions, I'm sure. Right. So... um you know, they're one of those teams, they stay in their base more than any other team in the league. They've been in their base 4-3 personnel package almost 70% of their defensive snaps. The only time they really go to nickel or dime, because they play both, is on third down. And then it depends on the yardage. If it's third and three or four or five, they'll be in nickel. And it's Amadi, the rookie from Oregon, who is now their slot corner. Correct. And when they go dime, they bring in Blair from Utah. Rookie. And and I liked him a lot, by the way. He started earlier in the season for them and um i guess they didn't love what they saw because he's not playing post safety now right um but so they play both nickel and dime but as i said 70 percent of the snaps they've been in their base th- four three even when kendricks who's now out for the year even when he missed two or three games and they brought the rookie cody barton in
1: i liked cody barton come out of utah uh, yeah and he's they've rotated him in a little bit more often in the last well few games. now he's the starter now he'll be the starter
0: yeah and what they they're They're an over-front defense, which means they normally have their defensive line shifted to the tight end side. Yep. And then what they do with with Barton, it was Kendricks and now it'll be Barton, is he's an on-the-ball linebacker. Opposite the shift, yeah. that's what their front is. The Giants played a ton of over fronts in this game, by yeah, the way. No doubt. So the Eagles saw a lot of that from the Giants. Yeah,
1: and they were able to run the ball with some. They success ran the ball the away
0: from the front really well.
1: Yeah, it will be something they'll have to do in this game. The, yeah. the Seahawks have not been great against the run uh, overall. Uh, looking at big scope, they were 28th in the league yards per carry, 4.8 yards a carry uh, against this defense so far this season. Well, um, I'll tell you, I'll, you
0: what to look for if Sanders can go. Yep, I would look for some kind of post-wheel concept with Sanders. Why is that? Because I think their corners are very aggressive and will run inside in cover three. They play a lot of cover three Mm. and will come inside a little too far and leave that wheel because a post-wheel is basically two through his own. So
1: think about the 38-yarder the Eagles got against the Dallas Cowboys last week in week 16. Uh, the corner Jordan Lewis runs inside with the post. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, uh, to Ward. Craig Ward runs out. Right, yep.
0: but we've also seen that earlier this season with Sanders. Yes, with Sanders, no, no yeah. question. Yep. So I think that's something to just be aware of. I'm yeah. not saying it will happen because you don't know how Doug's going to game plan. Yep. I'm certainly not smarter than he is. He knows way more than I do. But I just watching the Seahawks tape, I think their corners on vertical routes on the outside when they play cover three and those corners are responsible for deep thirds. Yep. You know, sometimes they come inside a little too much before they pass it off to the post-safety, mm. and I think you can get the wheel behind it.
1: Oh, there's uh, there's going to be some interesting matchups in this game, schematically and personnel-wise, on both sides of the ball. Uh, it's it's the playoffs. It's the, every game from hey, here is going to be a big one like can this. can win
0: this game. I they mean, can. we know that they're not, you know, we've talked about it all year. They're missing a lot of pieces. They've worked through it to at least win the final four games. Uh, but to me, this is a game they can win.
1: Yeah, I think so. It's uh, it's going to be a fun one at the yeah. league. Although the atmosphere is going to be awesome. The fans, I, I you know, are going to be You don't think it'll be quiet part. and subdued? Oh, you got the late game on a Sunday. Right, right. Like, you know, yeah, there's work what, tomorrow. The tailgating, like, we'll I guess we'll out. start at what, about 7 a.m.? 7 a.m., maybe 7.15. Right, right. 6.45. For, for the late arrival, 7.15. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, Greg, uh, we break down with down right here uh, next week here on Chalk Let's Talk. Let's hope we're Eagle right back Sky. here. Right back here. Yes, not, uh, right back I mean, here. We'll, we'll talk about that down the road. But right here next week here on Chalk Talk on the Eagle Island Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade great stuff from Greg Cosell and you could follow him on Twitter just like I do at Greg Cosell and while you're at it I'm at FDuffy3 that's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce at PhiladelphiaEagles.com you know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on any and all forms of social media that is one way to support the show but the other way is to go onto to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher leave us a rating leave us a comment if you leave a question we'll answer it here on the show as well I wanted to give a, a shout out to a couple of fans who went and rated the show and left comments on our Apple podcast page Eagles fan 1926 left a 5 star review saying how much they enjoy the show each week and then JCC2123 also left a 5 star review saying how much they listen to the show every week and they love every single episode so thanks to both of you and thank you to all of you out there for all of your continued support for not just this podcast but all of our podcasts at PhiladelphiaEagles.com alright let's now get to the next part of the show it's time for Scouting Report dim those lights we're headed to the film room for the scouting report Alright, so scouting report. We talked about it a little bit earlier. This is going to be about Travis Homer, the rookie running back, and how I viewed him coming out of Miami this spring. This is a guy that was very, very intriguing, especially after the scouting combine. And Here's what I wrote on Travis Homer. Two-year starter from Mark Rick, pro-style offense down there with the U. He was a captain as a junior and a former big-time recruit from West Palm Beach down there in Florida. Lined up both in one and two back sets, so he had some experience there from a scheme standpoint. Has below average height and a slight frame, but he's got long He's got huge hands. So this is a guy that had a very interesting body type, built like an athlete, and the way he tested was very, very impressive. Uh, Ran 4.48 on the laser in the 40-yard dash. He jumped through the roof. His shuttles were pretty good as well. And on film, you saw a very smooth, fluid athlete. A guy that can get in and out quickly, had some natural explosiveness. On film, I thought his ability to jump cut really stood out. He could create some room for himself and even had some ability to make people miss in the hole thanks to that lateral quickness. He was a finish Though that was one of the things that really stood out, he was small, but he was a finisher. He was very competitive, was not afraid of contact. He ran bigger than his size, and he displayed solid contact balance for a guy who was right around 200 pounds. When he would get out in the open field, I thought he showed good vision to be able to find cutback lanes and get into open grass. I uh, caught the ball very smooth as well. I thought he would be an effective screen game weapon in the NFL, and he also gave really good effort as a blocker. And most of those Miami running backs, they coached them well in pass protection over the years, each and each year. They always send backs to the NFL, all of them very, very good blockers. I thought Travis Homer stood out in that area. From a negative standpoint, yeah, the size was a little bit of an issue. I thought that his vision between the tackles downhill, that was a little bit of a concern for me. And all, you know, as some of the times when you see those smaller backs who make their who make their money really as, as big physical guys in college, you worry, are they going to be able to do that in the NFL? Or are they going to have to learn how to play a smaller game? That was a question I had about Travis Homer. But as I talked about earlier with Greg, They're clearly trying to make more of an effort to get him out in space. Those misdirection plays, those tosses, you know, the things off jet action, they're going to try and do lots of different things to get him the ball in the open field against this Eagles defense. So Overall, when I wrote up Travis Homer, I wrote that he's a dirty work backup who can play on special teams, protect the quarterback, and offer you a handful of touches both in the run game and the pass game. Not a natural downhill between the tackles runner, but does a lot of things well enough that he's going to stick and be a good player for an NFL team at the bottom of the depth chart. He's been a backup early in his rookie year, obviously due to injuries. The top three running backs on injured reserve not available for this game. So he and Marshawn Lynch and Robert Turbin, that's the backfield for Seattle along with Russell Wilson. So you can expect Travis Homer, he's going to get more than his own share of touches in this game. Certainly a name that you should keep an eye on if you're an Eagles fan watching this matchup. All right, that'll do it. Really fun episode here of the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade. Again, if you have some time, just go on, take that quick survey that I mentioned at the top of the show. Only would take a few minutes, five, seven minutes, handful of questions. Go on. It's all about content. We're trying to figure out how to make this show as great as possible for you guys, the listeners at home. So if you have a few minutes, just go and do us a quick favor and just take that quick survey. Again, you can do it right on your mobile device. It's in the description of this podcast. So if you just go into Eagle Eye in the Sky into this episode, you'll see that there's a link to this uh, to this survey that I'm talking about. If not, you can go on to either my Twitter feed because I'll also post the link to the survey and then as well you can go to philadelphiaeaglescom slash eagle eye survey and it'll be there as well again should only take a handful of minutes really really appreciate everybody that takes the time to go and do that all right that'll do it great show this week really appreciate the time from greg cosell thanks to all of you out there for listening at home we will see you next week here on the eagle eye in the sky podcast fueled by gatorade